Twila Manibudnik Twila Wakana Padnik Nigana Biako Manklankla, Marwachanga Kana Mina, Nigwangadi Mani the Budnik and Yatana, Irindi Yata, Tandendanga, Wada Irabina, Nainari Kamatbi Maricha. Hello and welcome to this podcast coming to you over the lightning brain being the internet. My name is Mickey O'Brien, a descendant of the Ghana people, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to here to the Adelaide Plains. We uh, call upon the spirit people of our ancestors to bring you good blessings and to send away that sadness. We say that our face, it tells us where we've been, but our heart tells us where to go. Never say goodbye, always say see you later. So, nakara to you, nechaya, thank you for coming, because you're the important person when you come to a place. Nakara, nechaya, nakara, nechaya. Welcome to the Triple H Podcast, where we embrace vulnerability and encourage authenticity as we have meaningful conversations with the people in our lives. We're your hosts, Dan and Jed, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's Jed and Dan. And Dan. Thank God. I was worried it was someone else there, but luckily it's you. That. We would never want that. Jeez, all the people now staying. It's good. So they realize I'm here so we can. Yeah, that we lost a few listeners there, yeah. didn't we? For a second, they were like, oh, we're not going to listen then. Dan, like, yeah. how are you feeling? You just smacked down a couple of Scotch fingers and a can of Red Bull. That is my favorite biscuit by far. Scotch finger? Yeah. No, no. The shortbread. Yep. That is definitely my favourite aunt. Little cream biscuit. feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours? yeah, yeah. A little number. Uh, definitely a Scotch finger with the chocolate. Can't go past it. Solid. Solid, Bicky. Can't go wrong with one nah, of those nah, little nah, packets, nah, like nah, the nah, Arnott's nah. packets with, like, with the You do a few of those. You do a few of those shortbread ones. It's like, all right, cool, whatever. Scotch fingers, you can go through a whole pack. You get it with a cup of tea. It's just, it's next level. It's like tears. It's S tier. Well, what's, yeah. what's the worst then? What's the ones that get just left at the end? Uh, the ones with the orange filling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know cool. what they're called. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're universally known as the shittest Arnott's bisc- Biscuit. But hey, if you're listening to this right now and you love that orange biscuit, well, I'm sorry. Hats off to you though. Hats off. Hey, different strokes, different folks. More, You get more of it then. Absolutely. No it. It's like a box of favourites. Usually the Turkish Delight gets left to the end. But if you're a big Turkish Delight fan, then you're buzzing. You like Turkish Delights? Like I don't, I'm not against it. I don't mind it. That's messed up. But um, I'll, I'll have anything from a favourites box. When we when we just smacked that box of favourites on our drive to Melbourne, you didn't like any of them. You well, didn't like crunchy. I do no. Like, okay, here's the like thing. Turkish I do. Uh, I like them. I do like them. I like crunchy. I like cherry ripes. But like, if I like, it, it wasn't a full box of favourites. It was like a little mini bag. bag. It was a fun, fun bag. bag. I don't want to waste my time. If there's boost in there, yeah. I'm having them. Boost and underrated morrows. Or Moro, or whatever you pronounce it. Yeah. Underrated. Underrated. They're like a little secondary, like the brother of a boost. Yeah, I used to like them when I was probably about like seven and then I grew up and then started having more of a an appropriate acquired taste and, and I grew up and I could actually eat a crunchy without crying. So That's awesome. Yeah, Dan, was what was the last piece of fruit you ate? Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Dan, we've got someone sitting across from us. Where, where are we sat right now? We're actually at Red Bull. So we are. Shout, shout out. out. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Red Bull in their Victoria office. Um, I was really lucky. I, I worked Red Bull for a year and had some amazing times there and some of the best people I've ever, man, best people. As, um, as most people know, I have ADHD. So this Red Bull has made me bouncing, off, bouncing off the roof. Wired. So no, I, I, um, I worked goes. at Red Bull in 2021. And as we've talked about, 2021 was pretty shitty for both of us, Dan, but Red Bull really helped me a lot. And especially to my, my boss at the time, L. Yeah. Um, who's now doing amazing things in Sydney. She's just the reason I probably am doing this, to be completely honest, because she really helped me get through what I was going through, my fatigue. And she was she went for walks with me after shifts. I'd be crying in her office because I was so tired or it's awesome you when know, you was can feeling have, so sad. When you can have um, like bosses that actually care about you more than Truly. just doing your job. And we'll, sure we, um, we'll hear about that from our guest. I'm sure his boss cares about him as lo- a lot too, from what I've heard of, so... No, you're so right. I mean, having bosses is really special. Sometimes they can be really average and a bit shitty, but when they kind of level with you as a human, it's really special. But So, yeah, we're here in Red Bull, and there's probably another place we could have done this interview, but this feels pretty fitting due to Red Bull's connections with this company and this person, and and it's uh, 
all about the brand. There's one thing Red Bull taught me. It's all about premium and we're looking pretty premium in here with our cans, our sugar-free, and they are facing the camera if there was one because you always got to face the camera. But yeah, I'll give this person an intro. He probably doesn't know this, but I'm going to get really emotional here. This is um, this is someone who I played footy with uh, when I was 16 and I don't think he knows the impact he had on, on my life. We talk a lot about heroes, and when we uh, played together, this was um, my hero. Um, when that one year we played together, we had this really amazing connection, and 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 um, I felt like I, I really struggled as a younger person with friends. I was always a bit of an outcast. I never drank, um, and nor did this person. I remember him and I would always speak about the troubles of not drinking or maybe feeling like a bit left out. And so this person and I just kind of really got this really close bond and. Played games together, did Pokemon Go together. His nickname on my phone is still Kabul because I think that was a Pokemon or something like that. It was some sort of connection to Pokemon. Or, and he was like my hero. Every time I stepped onto the field and, and, and went into the midfield with him, I, I stood that much taller. And I never really got the chance to say it. And that's why I was so, so keen to do it. This episode, and, and yeah, it was the first time in my life I'd ever really been with someone, like working with them. And they were, he's younger than me, but he was my hero. I looked up to you so much. I'm going to put it into the first person now, but I looked up, I looked so much up to him. I, every time he did anything, I, oh fuck, I, I could talk for hours and hours about how much you mean to me. And I don't think I've ever really said that. And I, and I, yeah, this means a lot. This is probably the episode that means the most to me out of all of them that we've done. That's why, yeah, it's so special to have Tommy Sparrow on the podcast. Tom, how are you? Um, well, thank you. And thanks for those words, mate. That was, uh. I definitely didn't didn't know how much I meant to you, but you know, hearing that from you, um, it's pretty special. Of what impact I can have without even knowing. So, mate, um, it's a privilege to be here, be here with you. I haven't seen you in a while, so it's good and good to catch up. So, and again, thanks for those words. That was yeah, pretty cool. You do do the best introductions, that's for sure. Especially uh, for someone you've, you've. I've been sitting on that one for yeah. a long time. I'd <laughs> he could, he, we, I, I've felt it from him as well, and it's special that you've been able to do that. And and it's cool that like, we talk about how. So cool that we've got heroes and people we look up to, but when you get to have those moments where you tell them to their face, and yeah, it must be special. It, many memories for you back playing with Jed. Can you give us? Can you give the listeners and all the fans what what was Jed oh like as a, as a teammate? Can't basically? remember anymore. Nah, nah, he was he was just a ball of energy. You know, yeah, obviously being a bit bit older than me, he was someone that I look up to as well as being a more mature figure. But also, he drove the energy when we were playing, when we were training and stuff like that. Um, he was the one that stood out when I first got to when I first got to the club. You know, he was the one running running the show, getting the boys up and about. So um, he definitely made my time feel more welcome. So I mean, I guess this is sort of reciprocated a bit. Like I said before, just a lot of energy, um, getting us all up, ready to go each week. Yeah, talking a bit of shit to the opposition, stuff like that. It always gets up and about. That's for he sure. He hasn't lost it. I can tell you this, Tommy. His energy at our local footy club is just infectious. Like so, the, the, everyone will be a little bit flat, not flat, but just neutral and, and medium. Everyone's like, okay, come on, let's do it. And then he'll come in and be grabbing people. He's like, come on. And he'll be doing <laughs> the circle, running on the spot number thing. And he'll be pushing people and getting them up and, and people love it. And, and it seems like you haven't lost that, Jed. You know, when you're on, when, uh, when Jed's up and about, you're about to have a good day. So it was almost, almost the barometer, I'd say, for the team. When you're up and about, we're up and about. Your bodyguard. You'd feel, you feel like you can just focus on playing and he's just that midfielder. He's like, yeah, got Because I wasn't very good. Like, <laughs> like objectively, I wasn't very good at football. As, as we're talking to as, an AFL footballer. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you, you that, put, you, that yeah. sort of scale. No, no, no. And, I, and we knew that. Like, I knew I was never that great. Was I rocking the helmet? I was rocking the helmet in that year. You no, I wasn't. No, I took it off. No, that was my last. I didn't. I, that was my first year without a helmet. I grew up. I took the helmet off. But no, I, um, and that was what I prided myself on was like contested ball. And so then to be like, I remember Tommy came in. And I remember it was his first game. It was a Friday night. And. How many years to play finally? Uh, I played the one season. Yeah. Yep. And hey, then Cole. he, it was, <laughs> he didn't really know anyone. It was kind of like our type with Matilda that yeah. night that we had. Shout out Matilda Shoals. But. He came on, like he was start, he started on the bench. Three of us started on the bench. It was you, me, and, and someone else. I think it was maybe Rash or it was maybe like Sumner. Must, must, be, Sumner must be nice having Tom Sparrow just catching on the bench. <laughs> it was oh, on you the bench. rotate, mate. No, no, it was on the bench. I think we were on the bench. It was some sort of weird reason we had to start everyone off. Maybe we hadn't qualified you yet and we're cheating. But what Tom <laughs> did was 
the first pretty much contest, it's a f- like 45 out on the boundary and Tom just slots it perfectly. Like it was a stoppage and then out came Tom and kicked it. And we all, I remember I looked at my stepdad, I looked at Neil and I went, uh, all right, we're, uh, we're, I, reckon <laughs> we're, I reckon we're good here. So uh, like, you, like you needed any more talent on your we team. We did. We like, did. Like, no, no, no. Relax, buddy. It's not the team you're talking about. All right. Just because you lost Woody games and I, you know, beat you every time. But it's, it's funny that you're here, Tommy. On this pod, we love to be vulnerable and be real and have serious chats. And I think it's important that I do this because you touched on like it's it's nice to catch up since the last time we caught up. Can you remember the last time we caught up? I'm going to say we played against each other. I reckon you are in year 12 and I was in year 11. PAC versus Scotch. Scotch. And you were annoying the shit out of me that day. Like I said before, ball of energy. This bloke was just hitting me and... Bump for me and I was man, I was off him this day. It was like, were you tagging me? I don't know, but it was annoying. It was annoying to play against. I just feel for all those teams in the under sixteens that would have had to deal with this bloke. I um it it's uh it's it's funny um that you say that that I was annoying. Looking back on it, it's it's funny. I I remember rocking up that day and playing PAC and I hadn't I hadn't seen you in a while. And 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 what I'm about to say, we can have a chat about it and it's gonna be great. And I, I bet you'll go, Oh my god, I didn't even know that. But I remember I was so excited to see you because I felt like I hadn't seen you in so long. So I walk on over, you're chatting to Slads. I can still remember it. It just had a big impact on me and it's probably why. And I've held it, you know, I've never really spoken to you about it, but I walked on over to you and I said, I was so excited. We used to do that weird like monkey dance to one another or something stupid. We used to do some sort of dance to one another every time you'd walk and it was from, I don't know, Pokemon Go or some shit. But then I walked over and I big ball of energy. And I just felt like you blew me off. I felt like you gave me just no bars. Like I remember feeling like, yeah, like I just, you know what I mean? My hero had just blown me off. Cause I, in my mind, I, you could ask anyone from my year, you could ask my ex fucking girlfriend. She knew how much you meant to me. You were like the dude. And then I remember going up to you and then kind of just not really receiving probably what I wanted to. I probably wanted this big cuddle, a hug, a big up and like, let's go. Like we're, we're here together. And I remember walking into the change rooms and Charlie Chops, uh, Charlie Morgan came up to me. What's the matter? And I went, Tommy Sparrow just blew me off. I just gave me nothing. And he told the coach and I was um on the verge of tears. And then he told the coach. And so the coach came up to me and said, Jed, I want you to, because I was a real, like a real emotional sort of player. I wasn't, you know, talent skillful. So I, I needed you know, barometer, if I was like invested, I was going to really commit. And so then he said, I want you to tag Tommy Sparrow. And I was like, yeah, of course. And so then the first, before the game, I think I punched you square in the chest. I think you went, hey, Jed. And I just like loaded up and I hit you because I was so um, gutted because I felt like I'd, I'd lost a best friend and not only a, a best friend, I, I felt like I'd lost someone who um, meant the world to me in that, in that like childish year 12, 17 year old sort of way. When you look back, it's hilarious. And then I remember the game was brutal and we put on a good first half. We were only down by six goals. We were like, okay, we're on here. And then we ended up losing by 180. But, <laughs> but I remember walking off. I remember just one of the toughest moments ever. Chops put his arm around me and I just wept. And then we went into the change rooms and I wept and I wept and I cried and heard you guys sing the song. And I just sat there hand in my hands, like sorry, head in my hands, just like crying. Like crying so, so much and I, so ridiculous. It's it's nice getting this off my chest and saying this to you now, but, and you're probably being like, what the fuck is this dude on about? But it, I remember like my stepdad being like, what's the matter? And I just go like, I am so sad. I remember going to my girlfriends at the time that night and just crying in her bed. I cry, I was honest, like it was a real sad moment for me and I've always had it on my chest. I've always felt it. I don't know. And I just... And it's hilarious that you, you, like, last time we saw it was that game. And I just, yeah, yeah. that was why I was such a prick, to be completely honest, because I had felt so blown off by you. Yeah, I, I remember, I don't remember that first bit, so clearly me blowing you off, I obviously don't think I did that. But, you know, when your head's in the game, you're just focusing on, on playing. But there, I do remember you uh, coming to tag me a bit, and I didn't know that that's how you felt. And to be honest, it's pretty confronting to hear that because yeah. you never want to make anyone feel like that. And yeah, to me at the time, it was just annoying. And it was annoying to be tagged, but, and I'm pretty sure you did a pretty good job, but yeah, but still it's, you don't want to be perceived that way. But there, when you're playing, you just in, in your, in your zone. And for that hour and a half, two hours, uh, the other team, they're not your friends. But I mean, after the game, you have a laugh about it and you, um, you have a joke and, and stuff like that. But Mate, to hear that, it's uh, it's pretty brave to, 
open up and say those things. So man, I didn't want to put you in that position. I didn't know that's the effect that I had. But, no, I knew that was never going to be the um, case. I, I, tensors were high in that game. I even remember chops and that and got into you. Things were getting pretty heated and even Daniel, like we were just yeah going after each other. But that's the joys of sport. You you play. Um, Especially when you're 17 and 18 year old, exactly. God, you would look at someone and you want to fight. Like, yeah. But then after the game, look, you're still mates. Like at the end of the day, it's game footy. I wish so. I had the courage back then to say what I just said. Obviously, I wasn't. I was a 17 year old, and I feel like I'm over my teenage angst in some ways, and I can have that chat. I always wish I did. One of my biggest regrets from school is not speaking to you about that earlier because I feel like I've missed a lot of your life that I really wished I was a part of because you are one special human being. You are such an incredible dude. You're doing amazing things. And I I just, yeah, I look, I don't want this to be the uh, the Jed Wolford crying podcast. <laughs> I, um, I I just, Tommy, I, I can't stress this enough. To me, you are like my like hero. You are easily one of the best people I've ever met in my life. And I just think you're just, I'm sorry, I say that all for the mic. <laughs> I say that all for the recording. I, j- I just can't stress it enough, man, how, how highly I think of you. And, and I'm, I wish I, I wish I had the courage to say that earlier. Pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy to hear that. You know, you don't, <laughs> no one's really said that to me before. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to know you can have that, that impact on someone. Um, even without thinking about it, like I would never have thought that. Um, even coming here today, I would have never thought that. But to hear it come from you face to face is something that's, this is going to resonate with me for the rest of, rest of my life. This, someone's opened up and said, you know, you're one of my heroes. So it's uh, pretty cool to be a part of that. What, what would you say one thing that that makes Tom a hero? Because you, you just said you're a hero and you know, I love you and you do and thing. What what would those things be then for <sighs> people listening? Thinking back, right, like to when I was 16, yeah. um, it sounds silly. It made me feel really safe, you know, and I felt really seen by him. I felt like I could talk to him about anything and it was the first time I felt really not judged by anybody. I, I went a lot of high school years, a bit of chip on my shoulder thinking life was all bad and I was miserable or life was shit and stuff. And then having Tom, it was like the first time I felt like I had a really close friend. Who didn't judge you for, for who you Whatever, were. Whatever, or I just felt like me. I just felt like I was able to be me around him. I felt seen and that's the way I would put it. And and and, and that's a footy sense, but far out. Like I just, I just, I can't, like I just, I, it just, yeah. He's, look, I can, I can talk more superficial things. I can say, you know, he's hilarious. He's quick witted. He's, he's quiet. But then when you get him on like yeah. a good moment, he'll say some of the funniest things you've ever heard. You can <laughs> say all that sort of stuff. You can talk about his footy skills. Like every time we played footy together, I remember it was a one moment. There's one clear moment that solidifies our relationship. I think it was grand final and we got pumped that day. But it was a good day. Um, it was nice to be playing a granny. And yeah, it's nice always to, nice, nice to be there. Nice to lose a grand final as well for once. <laughs> <laughs> they were getting into Tom. and um, What team was, were you playing? Smosh. They were getting into Tommy. And I remember my whole family came. And it was like the first time my whole family had come to a, a game, really, in some ways. Like, milestone game, obviously. And they were getting into him right in front of my parents. So I stormed on over... I remember, and I like pretty much like clotheslined this bloke, like almost over the barrel. Like I just grabbed this dude by his Guernsey and was like holding him. And I was like, don't you fucking touch Tommy. Like that's like, don't you dare, don't you dare touch Tommy. Like, don't you dare, I'll kill you. Like, don't you, don't touch Tommy. And I remember my mum was like, Jed, stop it, Jed. Like I was starting a little fight. My brothers were hyping me up. And I remember Tommy then got into him. And I don't know, I just, I just remember that clear as day. Like I was, I remember I didn't even think about the game, the ball, anything. I just saw that was happening to Tom and I was like, I just sprinted. Like I remember sprinting. Like I was like, I got your back. Yeah, I got your back. So I just, I just, I don't know. I, that was a, that was a clear moment. Yeah. It reminded me of the start of the podcast where I said Jed was getting in fights. So there's just a little example of yeah. what it was like week in, week out. I was a bit of a hot Stirring head. it up. Well, it's hard. I was just, uh, it's fair enough. I was tagging people each week. I deserve to be beaten up. <laughs> I was annoying. I was Ryan Crowley of under-16s. You need that teammate. You, need you do. Everyone needs him. To give you a bit of energy. Sometimes you need a bit of a scrap to get yourself oh, for up. For sure. Every, granny. every team needs a needs that player. And, and look at the basketball, Pat Beverly. He's sure his role am, and Draymond, their role is not to drop 30, <laughs> 10, and 10. Their role is just to talk shit and wrap people play, up. I had some good games. I can um, play. Jed talked about some traits that he thought of you and we rattled them off. For you, what's a personal trait that you like You like to think that is your probably your best? Or, or when you go to the footy club, what do people say when they think Tom Sparrow? I like to think I'm pretty pretty humble. What's helped with that, do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I just – I don't think I like to be the centre of attention. I think I like to sort of look at things a lot. And, like, I like being involved, but I also like observing heaps. Yeah, for me, being someone who's humble is – 
value that I like in other people as well. So I think if I can come across that way and sort of just be like any other regular dude and, you know, just have normal conversations and not try to make things about me, then then I'm happy to do that. And I think especially when I first get into group situations, that's one thing I I try to do. I don't try to uh, make a fool myself and try and try and get out there. I just sort of, you know, I feel where my place is and just try and mingle and earn my respect first. So, yeah, if I was to say one thing, it'd probably be a bit of humility. Um, I don't know if you can attest for that, but Jed, but that's how I like to, 100%. That's what I like to think anyway. Uh, yeah, I, and it's even it's, it's amazing that you can say that as a 21-year-old. You're 21? 22. 22. 22. Yeah, it, it's amazing to see that carried on. And that's why I think I love Tommy so much as well is he went to a really nice private school. That's, pro- that's probably a part of it as well, while we connected so much. Like I, I was at Scotch, you were at Prince's, but I felt like we were both – humble people and maybe humble somewhat families and things those, like that. Like in I, that environment. Yeah. Well. Like in a, in a really kind of prestigious environment. I didn't, I wasn't the, like a, a scotchy really. I, you know, I could have poster boy. And you were probably similar in situation playing footy and, and being like that. So I'm um, so humble. He just rocked up and, and just, it, but like he, he rocked up and was like just on the bench kind of quiet. But now we look at him. He's like a, a premiership player. He's playing every week. He's just like a gun, like incredible, incredible player. But he he would have like sat on the bench if he could. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't mean he wouldn't have sat on the bench, but like, I just mean like he, it wasn't like he was, look at me, look at me. I'm going to, yeah, it's I just. Think it's, it's my turn to sit on the bench. I'll sit on the bench. Like, yeah. His coach says you start on the bench. That's how it goes. Like, I'll get my turn eventually. That's just how it is. So. I think that's probably one of the reasons why you've had success because as a coach myself, the players that I love to coach the most are the ones that like, mate, you tell me where to play and I'll play the best I can for you. And the, and the, the coaches award parent would like say, I'll say like, they're the players that you'd love to have. And I'm sure that that's probably a player that you would have been and, and still are. And it's one of the reasons why you are consistently playing football week in and week out, because wherever Simon wants you to play, you're going to do the best job you can be. If that's midfield, if that's half back, if that's a full forward, wherever you play, you're going to, you're going to do a good job. I think it's uh, some things don't change. I start on the bench most games as well up here, up in the top level. So get a, get a view. You can that's work fine. out, okay, yeah. gauge who, who, who's looking good, who's you, not. You come on, fresh legs, everyone's a bit tired. You yeah. know, it's, it's a positive. Looking you know? good. It's good. I think, um, I think you talked about some really good traits about being humble and and just being relatable and and going into any situation with not having a big head do you reckon some of your heroes have had the same things and and it has almost encouraged you to to be that sort of person yeah i think so i think i get a lot of uh a lot of my personality traits from mum and dad um obviously they'd be my heroes uh it's pretty cliche but uh it's true they are yeah dad is very quiet very reserved um sort of guy mum is probably at the other end of the spectrum so She's loud. She loves entertaining people, being pretty spontaneous. So I've got a couple of sides to me. I started group situations. I'm sort of pretty pretty calm and reserved and not so out there. But once I get to know people, I can, uh, yeah, I can sort of show that, that side I get from my mum. So, yeah, I think it's good to have yeah those, those things, both things where you're reserved but can also have a bit of fun with people. But, yeah, I'd say they definitely come from from my parents and, and the way I've, way I've been brought up. So... Uh, yeah, full credit goes to those two for for where I am today. I'd say. How would you say your your dad shaped you then? Because like, because obviously your mum's a bit of the life of the party. Yeah. Loves putting on events for family and friends. And yeah. how how's your then your dad have had a big impact on your life? What's your little bonding moments with your dad? I think yeah, I just really respect uh, my dad and the way he's gone about things. He dropped out of school in year nine or ten to work on the farm as a dairy farmer. Realised he didn't like that. Went back to school as a senior student. Uh, went back to uni. Did all that and sort of yeah, did everything late, and then ended up getting a good job and and stuff like that. So I really respected that side of him. You know, he, he might have made a mistake in the beginning and went back and fixed it. And I think that was that was pretty cool. Not just to just take that first initial decision and just go run with it. He actually said, Nah, it's not what I want to be doing. I want to go back and change. So. To hear that, it was sort of, it was pretty cool to know he sort of become a little bit vulnerable there and said like I, I made a mistake. I'm going to go back and try again. So for me, learning that as like a young fella was was pretty cool. Knowing that not everything goes smoothly in your life and there's ups and downs. And that's one thing I've learned from him is just to just to write it out and um, not be ashamed. Just go your own path and you don't really have to do too much. Just do what you want to do. But I think as well for him, just being around him and see how he acts with other people. Pretty reserved. He's never boasting, nothing like that. So um, for me to seeing that, 
I've just learnt. I like to go about it the same way. I just sort of get asked questions, answer them, but don't really make yourself the, the centre of attention. You know, he's had long relationships throughout his life and I, I've sort of gazed that the way he's gone about it is a, is a good way to go about it and I've just sort of followed suit, just yeah, just following his footsteps a bit. Have you had many vulnerable moments with him? Not really. He's like, this is where it comes back to him being so reserved. He's don't really talk about like emotions and things like that and well, I probably wouldn't say this. I haven't really said this to him, but <clears throat> like just how much he's done for me. Obviously, I, th- I think he would know like all the stuff like running around footy training, yeah. all that sort of thing. But it's all the stuff that you time you spend together. That's sort of – you don't notice it at the time, but you look back on it and you think, oh, like all that's added up and that's why I am who I am. The little things that you share with each other, if that's a movie that you guys always watch yeah, together exactly. or if that's just something. I think a lot of it was – we go camping heaps as a family. So we would travel. We've traveled pretty much all over Australia together, um, spending those moments, um, you know, where it's just going on walks, like going to the beach, camping. There's heaps of things that we've done together that I know it's like a lot of my friends haven't really done. So that's something that I definitely take, take for granted and like spending all that quality time <clears throat> with him and my family and how good that's been for me and developing that relationship and just being, just being humble, like being happy with where you are and not having a, do other things that others are like we I remember we'd just go and go camping and all my other mates would be hanging out together and we'd just be out camping like it's you look back on it and say that was worth it for sure and um they're just moments I really cherish that I've done with him and and mum and that it's cool like that idea of looking back on it now and reflecting and being able to be like those times you went camping and maybe your mates were hanging out or as I know a lot of time I wish I was just hanging out with mates but now if I went back and I wouldn't change any of the time I spent driving in a car with my dad for anything yeah, those moments they uh, yeah like you're saying at the time they're like oh, oh i want to be with my mates yeah, i want to yeah. be playing playstation i want to be going to the movies with them going kissing girls blah 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 going to parties whatever it may be right yeah. you want to be anywhere but with your parents but then you look back and you're like right yeah definitely even even just driving to football training like i'll be on my learners and he'd be in the passenger seat um and obviously he'd have to drive down with me watch all training and drive back but teaching me how to drive and stuff like that it's just little things and you get to spend that time in the car together and and talk about things i mean it's once again looking back on it it's those moments were uh really valuable um and at the time you you don't really notice and you don't know how much you're learning from them as well like just the chats you have it just you really absorb it like it's so precious like I remember every morning Neil and I would drive he would drop me to school every morning but that was kind of like our time that was what he called it like that was our time every morning it was like with Neil it was like a business meeting every morning it was 30 minutes of business but nothing's changed nothing's changed but it was <laughs> but it was just like that sort of time and I, I don't I couldn't name one thing he said to me I couldn't name one time we drove together but I know all of them kind of came together and that precious time amalgamated into who I consider to be me. So I could, yeah, definitely relate to that. But one thing we love to do on the pod, if you don't know, you will know soon, but we love to not just leave those affirmations to the podcast. We like to get them out of these four walls, out of these microphones and into, yeah, into the universe. And we love to just give a ring because a lot of time in life we don't give a ring. Gosh, if I just gave Tommy a Sparrow a ring when I was uh, year 12, none of these uh, dr- anxieties I would have felt about this episode today would have been happening. So that's why it's so bloody important to just get on the phone and have that hard conversation or have the conversation to tell someone you love them. So, Tommy, if you were keen, would you give someone, mum or dad, a ring? Preferably I'd give both of them a ring. Let's do it. I, know, I think dad just tried to call me before. Why don't we call both? Yep. Let's do it. Done. Hey, Mum. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. Hang on, I'm just putting my airport in. <laughs> you do, what you doing? Nah, not too much. I'm just uh, sitting with a few mates. Um, oh, yeah. Having a chat. So, nah, look, there's uh, yeah. there's one part of the just, – uh, just on a podcast. Um, so there's one part of this uh, where you talk about your heroes – um, oh, and you, you just talk about them, but then you also tell them as well. So we, I just wanted to ring you and, oh, first of all, just say oh, that you're my, one of my heroes. Um, and I just Aww. wanted to say thank you for, for everything that you've done for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed and you probably, half the time you probably think I hate you, but um, <laughs> I really don't. And I thank you for, for everything that you've you've done for me, whether it be just driving me to footy or um, making me breakfast in the off season, just things like Aww. that. I just, 
Uh, I really appreciate it. So, oh, yeah, I, nice I can't money. thank you enough. Oh, is this a prank call or do you want some money? No, no, no. <laughs> What, what's uh, going on? Nah, is there it's a, not. This a is candy camera here hiding, filming? No, this? it's Jed. <laughs> it's uh, it's no. There's no handy cam. It's not a prank call. Uh, Tommy's oh. on our podcast, the Triple H podcast, and what we like to do is oh. the first H stands for heroes. What we'd love to do is get him to call and say hello to his oh, hero and tell him why. So nice. Is it really Tommy? Is it Christian? Mom, it's Tommy, it's I promise. It's me. It's, and it's also me, Jed. Jed Wolford from oh, Only Jets, under 16s. If you remember me at all. No, 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 memory. no, it's fine. Oh, good. The boy with the helmet. No, I uh, love my jet time. <laughs> Tommy, yeah, Tommy's been really open and really vulnerable with us today. And he just, he wanted to give you a ring and just let you know, which oh, is really special. That's very nice, and we know that. That's why we've done everything for Tommy, because we know he appreciates it and he deserves it, and look where it's got him. So exactly I'd right. do it all again in a heartbeat, Tommy. Thanks, Mum. I love you. But I do want those Gucci bug earrings for my birthday. Mate. <laughs> what does she want? <laughs> she wants Gucci, 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 Gucci earrings, bug earrings for her birthday. All right, yeah. we can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll send Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, he's a, gem, he's a gem of a boy. I, I would do it for anyone in a heartbeat, but especially Tommy because he's so funny. Has he told you any jokes? Not, not yet. No jokes yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> we'll bug him. We'll make sure we get a joke before he goes. We'll Don't get him start. to tell a joke before he goes, all right? He's a good dancer, too. Oh, oh, visuals. Okay. What sort of dance moves? What sort of dance moves are you thinking? What sort of dance moves? What's his go-to? They're all off, they're all off Fortnite. <laughs> oh, a couple of Fortnite <laughs> dances. Fortnite. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fortnite moves, <laughs> all right. Love it. Love Thanks that. for the insight. Oh, now, 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 yeah. Tommy, now we know. I don't now think I've ever knows. seen yeah. <laughs> Tommy so red. I don't think I've shit. seen Tommy as red when he's wearing his Melbourne Guernsey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Nice. Does he want to take it all back now? He doesn't love me as much as he did five minutes ago. Nah, he loves you. Don't be like that. <laughs> he just spoke He just spoke <laughs> no, about you for about oh. 25 minutes, how, how nice yeah. you are. Wow. He's precious. You're all precious. <laughs> all right, Mum. <laughs> Thanks, all right. I love you. <laughs> love are you going to bring me later and tell me off? Uh, no. Probably. You're not talking to me ever again. I guess we'll never know. I guess, I guess we'll, we'll find out. I guess we'll never know. I guess no. we'll find out. Okay. Nah. Well, thanks for ringing me and I wish you all, all the best. Thanks, Thank Mom. you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Just Fortnite. Just, Fortnite moves, eh? Yeah, now, nah, thanks for letting oh, us know that, Christy. Mom. Big shout out to you. Incredible. She is. Oh, you I, know what I'm saying? When she's like the life of the party, yeah. loves entertaining. I remember. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. It was wonderful. She's thrown you into the deep end, and now she, we're going to get some Fortnite moves of you. No, it's, sure. that was a lie. I don't, I don't dance. Don't right. hey, embrace it. It's okay. We, I we, don't we dance. Love, we it's love dancing good. here. It's don't all dance. good. Don't worry, Tommy. <laughs> I think one of the coolest part about the podcast, we've spoken many times, is that you speak about these people, and then when we get to call them, it makes so much more sense. Like when we called Carly's mum, the whole time she's talking about uh, um, my mum is just the life of the party. Like yeah. I've literally got my own Instagram reel of just videos of my mum being her, and then <laughs> and then she picks up, and it's just like that. And yeah, you're like it same energy makes so much sense. And I'm sure you pick up so many things from her. So when you do feel comfortable around people, like right now, you start to yeah, come out yeah, your shell a bit yeah. more, and that's that's your mum sort of coming out of you, and then like you're a bit more reserved, and you take the step back, and you put others first, and that's your dad sort of coming out of you. It's awesome. Well, speaking of dad, let's give him a ring. Let's see what he's got to say. Dad's name again. Sorry, Tom. Michael. Michael. Yeah. Come ring. Michael, Hey, Dad. Hello. Hang on, Tom. Yeah, good. And you? Yeah, good. Thank you. That's good. Um, what are you doing? I'm just doing work. What are you doing? <laughs> nah, I'm just uh, with a few mates having a chat. <clears throat> uh, yeah. On a podcast, you know, we... Oh, uh, yeah. Just talking about... Uh, about our heroes in life and yeah we we've just been speaking about it but now we're also just gonna expand on it and and tell those people um how we feel so you know look i just wanted to ring you um i called mum just before she was being a bit of a goose as you know but um <laughs> yeah i just wanted to ring you and say pretty much say thank you and let you know that um i really appreciate all that you've done for me um all the little things uh you know just whether it be driving a footy training or, you know, going camping and things like that. Um, yeah, I haven't really had the chance to tell you. 
um, and just wanted uh-huh. to ring you and say that I really appreciate everything that you've done for me and all those little things add up and yeah, looking back on it in hindsight, it's I think it's one of the biggest reasons as to why I've become who I am and um, yep. you are definitely a, a massive part of that and yeah, I can't can't thank you enough for, for everything that, that you've done. Oh, thanks, Tom. That's, um, that's really nice. It means a lot to hear that from you. And, um, you know, I guess it's your excited to hear it. I know, I know you think that way, um, you know, and you don't need to say it, but it's, it's, yeah, it's really nice to, to have you say that. So uh, thank you. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have any grief, any dramas. So we're, you know, we're super lucky to have, have you as a son. We're super proud of everything you've achieved so far in your career and, um, you know, we I'm super confident you're going to bigger and better things yet. And, um, yeah, you know, you're you. worth it. I think it's, you know, it's been outstanding all the way through and, you know, just a commitment to, to your passion. Playing footy is, is just right out there and, you know, the fact that, you know, little things that you're doing like, you know, sitting in the swimming pool when it's three degrees outside and probably one degree in the pool, you know, for half an hour after training, and you could be sitting in front of the fire. Sort of shows how dedicated you were to your, your, your sport, to your passion. Um, so yeah, thanks. Made a lot. No, just, yeah, that's it. Just saying thank you, pretty pretty much. And yeah, I cool. just wanted to use the opportunity to tell you because yeah. you probably haven't heard me yeah. say that before. Um, even though we've spent a lot of time together, so yeah, make yeah. sure that you um, know that. Um, I think no, it's pretty important. Thank so, you. No, yeah. it's, it's all good. No, yeah, thank you. Probably. Thank you, mate. Keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it. All right, take care. All right, see you, Dad. See you, mate. Bye. It's pretty special. Um, nice to have that moment because, like, yeah. you can tell, we're like, he it's almost like you both said, you both, well, you both haven't really said that to yeah. each other, probably. No. Of that level, so yeah, he was almost sounded like he was very caught off guard, and, and, and it, yeah. it almost hit him as well. And I think the cool thing is that when you have that, so he goes back and works, and he almost thinks about it. I go, shit, maybe who's my hero? Who's my hero? Or I really got to really call, call Tom more, and or, or just tell him how much he then means to me as well. But no, how do you uh, how do you feel after that? Obviously, it feels pretty pretty good just to say it to someone. I think they both said like they sort of know it, but it's good to hear it. Especially with dad there, like he knows that I probably wouldn't say anything like that. And that's probably because he wouldn't say anything like that. And that's for where I where I get it from. You only know what you've been taught. And yeah, like you, yeah. You, you learn your lessons from your parents. Exactly. So it was good to hear. Or first of all, it was good to say it. But then to hear, he was basically said the same thing back. So it was, it was good to good to hear that. And, and from mum as well. Yeah, she's, you can sort of tell like the way they act is a bit, they're different. From yeah. Each other, oh, and dad, but day and night, but perfect. Like, yeah. balance. like yeah. mum, mum just loves it and loves, uh, you know, having a bit of fun, which is good to tell her because, you know, a lot of the time we just joke around with each other. So it was good to be serious and, and get those, get those words. And with those, just, like, and with those mums like that, who can just like make jokes all the time, oh. can just piss you off when they tell everyone <laughs> that you're a fortnight connoisseur sure. dancer. There are some points she came up to Alice Springs yeah. a couple of weekends ago and we yeah. played there. Yeah. And luck of the draw, she's staying at the same hotel no. as the team. No. <laughs> and we're in the team room like just having dinner as coaches, uh, support staff, massage therapists, all the players. Everybody. Everybody. And she's out the front doing these dance moves like out the window. <gasps> Just in front of no. everybody. Someone's like, oi, no. Sparrow, is that your mum, dude? Dead. Honestly, the Dead next serious. day I come up, I go to get breakfast and one of the boys, Trent Rivers, he's younger than me, he's, his room was in the same block as mum and he said that. We, he went to bed the night before and saw my mum like going into her room and she was just doing these weird dances and, she, and then he comes and tells me, he goes, Bridge, I saw your mum last night just doing these weird ass dance dances. moves. Yeah, I'm like, that would have been her for sure. No, everyone knows it. Like, it's so funny. They just know, like, she's just laugh at the party. Spaz's mum's just that's the best. That's her. Like, that's her. And when it's your mum, it's like, oh, mum, what are you doing? Cringe, but it's so much fun. But everyone loves it. Loves like, it. it's just something you infectious. You learn, you learn just to love it and have a, have a, have a bit of a laugh, like we did there. And you know, she tries to throw you under the bus a little bit, and it's just it's whatever. That's who I am. Whatever. Well. That was nice. Thanks for that. 
nice to call both parents as well. Yeah. I don't think, we've never done that, so it's it's cool to kind of get both parents. You haven't had many um, dads, so like I spoke Yeah, about. it's, it's nice. really nice that you were able to do that with your dad and then next time you see each other, you can you can have your own personal private version yeah. of it, so that would be special. I'll probably give them a buzz as well. Yeah. yeah. Now we get into the middle part of it, the middle H, the hardship, and i got to preface this by just saying that Tommy's safe space and it's also a space for you to be as vulnerable as you want. There's no pressure to say anything. There's no pressure to be anything. We just want you for you and we want you to feel comfortable and, and say whatever you feel like getting off your chest. I also really respect it's sometimes hard being someone in the spotlight like yourself and a lot of fans and a lot of people and, and you know, I could, I could only imagine. I could only imagine. I have We have what? less than 700 followers on this Instagram and I feel like a superstar sometimes when I'm walking around. So I must imagine that sometimes it, the, you know, the, the pressure and the feelings could be there. So I just want you to just feel really comfortable and whatever makes you feel safe and whatever you feel like you want to get off your chest and talk about. Yeah, look, uh, it's, I definitely feel pretty pretty safe in here. Yeah, obviously, I've known you for a while. <clears throat> and even just meeting you, Dan, today, like I can just tell no judgment whatsoever. So, yeah, what are hardships – um, for me, I think it's obviously relative to your experiences as a person. I think um, for me, I haven't I haven't had very many harsh hardships in my life. I'd say number one would be just my grandpa passing away, mum's dad. It's actually the first funeral and the only funeral that I've been to in my whole life. Yeah, for me, it was really different. When it first happened, I was in uh, year 11 at the time. Um, so that was, yeah, it was pretty tough for me. I didn't really know how to react when I first found out. It was a bit like, didn't obviously it doesn't sound, uh, it doesn't seem real when, when someone says that, but you know, you see dad in the front of the car with his sonny's on and it's probably like, oh yeah, mate, yeah, it's something's going on here. So that was pretty tough for me, especially to go to the funeral. I've never done that before. So I didn't really know what to expect. My brother did, did the eulogy, which was really nice. He's really good with his words. So. Yeah, so that was probably the biggest one for me, and you know, it was it was very reserved person as well. It was funny. He was very witty. He didn't say a whole heap, but what he did say was, uh, he'd always crack gags and stuff like that. So he's definitely someone that I've missed, and our family, I'd say, is, has missed a lot, um, and the community from where I'm from, everyone knew him. So I think, yeah, that's that was pretty difficult at the time. Didn't really know what to do or what to say or who to talk to or how mum was feeling and stuff like that. So, yeah, that would probably be number one for me. But the second one, it's just not extreme as that at all. And you look at it in hindsight and you think, oh, it's probably nothing at all. But under 16 state team was probably – I got cut from uh, the last cut before they before they travelled. And at the time, that was my number one priority. That was the only thing that mattered to me, just getting into this team – I have to do it. Like I want to play footy when I'm older. Um, I need to be a part of this. You know, I've been training for a, for a few months um, after school. It was getting pretty late, getting home pretty late and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it was a lot of time and effort and didn't quite make it. Uh, I got some feedback that I was not quite tall enough and I was didn't really know how to act on that. I just I can't work on my height really. So for me that was pretty tough to, you know, get cut from that. I think <laughs> things that made it worse, I was – Driving to and from training with um, a bloke named Tom Lewis. We're pretty good. We're pretty good mates. Caught up with him. TL. TL. I was Doobless. Shout out Milk. Shout out Milk. And we and him, mum would actually take both of us to training at home. And he he was born in St. Peter's, so we'd drop him off and stuff like that. And he made the cut and I didn't make the cut. And mum was hysterical in the car. She was livid. Probably more livid than me, to be honest. She was, she was crying. I, didn't, I can't imagine how Tom was feeling sitting there thinking – is, is oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Patting your back like, oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. But for me, that was all I cared about at that time and didn't quite make it. So, And in hindsight, it's probably nothing now because I've got to where I wanted to get to anyway. But it's also a blessing, I think, as well. You know, you look at look back on that and you think, I've worked harder now because of it. I'm not going to let it happen again. In a way, it's a hardship because at the time I was, yeah, pretty distraught. But now I look back on it, I sort of – feel like it was a good thing that it happened which is which is pretty strange and it's only thing only something that time will tell really thanks for sharing i think it's from adversity we grow courage and we grow strength and 
those hardships can be really the, you know, the sparks that we kind of need maybe or the sparks we need to take ourselves to the next level or to learn or to grow. And was that, was that 20, 2016? 2016, yeah. Yeah, well, so yeah. I think I, it would have been around the time that we knew each other. So I feel like I remember you coming yeah, well, potentially I'll, with a chip on, like just that, that yeah. sort of energy of, I remember even telling you, maybe chatting to be like, sorry, mate, you I'm didn't make I'm it. I'm pretty sure there was like, there was a time when, well, I was, I was playing for Unley and all the other boys were playing in Perth or something, like in the state team. Yeah. And I was just doing my time in the in the, in the Unley Jets under 16s. <laughs> the metros, yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, um, you grow from it. And I think I definitely didn't take any hard feelings out of it. No. And I just moved on and, and grew from it. So. Did you ever have feelings that, okay, well, that's done. Like there's no way I'm going to be able to get drafted now. Nah. I knew like there was always the 18s. Um. So I knew I knew I knew I had another chance to make a state team, but yeah, at that time that was that was it. That's the one thing I wanted. Because you hear people like Lockie Neal, for example, like he didn't make the under eighteen South Australia state team, and he said to himself like, "Well, that's it. Like I'm done. I didn't make that team. That basically means I can't get drafted." And then his story where he's able to get a call up and he's playing. Glenelg and obviously that sort of stuff and then he gets his opportunity and, and look at him now, he's one of the top 10 midfielders in the comp. It's like just because – and people like Tom Stewart, for example, like he didn't – he got picked up as a, as a mature age. So just because you don't make one team doesn't mean your, your dream's over. Exactly. It's And a lot of those players I'm sure would have used it as motivation. Mm. They're walking around, they're training, they're going, I've missed out on this, I need to get better. Um, and it shapes them into a better player. And a better person as well, going through those hardships, and they they're not going to let it happen again. So they turn out to be better than what they would have been if they were to make it. Awesome, thank you, Tom. Thank you. That's that's awesome. That's a cool way to look at these things, right? Because a lot of the time we have these setbacks, and we sometimes we let it defeat us. And sometimes it's important to never let your setbacks overcome you. And it's a testament to you, and it's a testament to your ability to continue going and to work on and strive forward. And it paid off, eh? Yeah, it's. Uh yeah, the rest is uh, has gone pretty well since then. So I definitely can't complain. And very, very grateful for how it's turned out. It was really nice that you got to speak about your grandfather as well. And that's obviously been someone that's had a massive influence on your life. What would you say your earliest happiest memory with your grandfather would be? What are, what are some really pivotal memories or, or just situations that you had with each other or just that you can remember? Uh, very, very vaguely. I know we've got this this photo of us sitting on an excavator together. He was a, oh, he was a builder. So you dig all the trenches and stuff like that for, for properties going up. And there's a photo of me sitting on his lap um, as a baby. Um, and I sort of look at that and like, as I've grown older, I, like he's obviously he's very quiet. So you, I haven't really spoken to him a lot as I was growing up, but you, these little things like that, you see photos and you think, yeah, this guy really cares about me. Um, and he always has. Um, it's pretty cool to see that even though they don't say it. So I wouldn't say there's any specific moments like that. That's just a collection of, of little things over the years that have built up to, to shape uh, my relationship with him, which has yeah, been, been quite strong. That's awesome. Now, really, really proud of that you were able to speak about both those things and they're two hardships that you've obviously dealt with and, and it seems like it's made you a better person getting through both of them. But, yeah, really proud of you, Tommy. That's good. Thank you. Icing on the cake. A little bit of cherry time. Highlights, positives. Highlights. Tommy, he's your bloody premiership, premiership player. Hey, don't and, don't and put the, the words in his mouth. Hey, drafted. I'm sure there'd be lots of things. Yeah, I think you just you just mentioned it there, but yeah, yeah, winning the premiership would have to be the highlight. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can get really any bigger, honestly, especially no, in, that, in that environment as well. It's pretty. It's very cliche again, but it doesn't seem like it's happened. You, or you come into the AFL system just to just to prove yourself and get a game, get one game. First game um, against Port? Yep, round one. Didn't didn't get the chockies that day. But see, at the time, that would have – if you had done this podcast then, that would have been my highlight. Or getting drafted, having my name called out would have been it. Um, then You're playing. home? You're at home. Uh, I, was at, I was at the local pub because we didn't have Foxtel. Um, so I needed to go like, <laughs> yeah. I needed a TV. Needed I needed to see to, it. I needed to see it. Um, That's awesome. So I was just sitting there with my family, just hoping that my name would get called out. Um, and it did, thankfully. Um, so that would have been my highlight and obviously it's one of them. But then obviously 
play a game, that's the next one. And yeah, then didn't think in three years' time after getting drafted, I'd be playing in a grand final, let alone winning it. It was a pretty and, cool and experience. Kicking a snag. And that is like and that as well, you just you go out there with the intention of just, you know, I'm just gonna do what's required. Um, just win. I don't play care if I've the play your role was saying. Like just, just play it's my role. cliche, but just do it. I don't care if I have one touch or if I have thirty, just yeah. I wanna win. And then to have some sort of an impact on the day was it was pretty cool. I felt very proud in that moment, especially for my friends and family. Like it's all that they've done for me. It was sort of a way to give back and say, like, I've done you. Uh, yeah. Proud of you, hopefully you can. Well, it was it was beautiful well because uh, like a lot of your mates came. Yeah, it was. And there's these amazing photos of yeah. you holding the cuff with like 10, 15 mates surrounding you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've got that in my room. They got that for me for my birthday. Nice. Um, just like a, got like a whiteboard on the back and it's got the, all them just saying like these messages and on the front that photo. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, I just see that as it's a highlight of, of my career, of my life, but also everything that people have done for me in the lead up to that. It's like a, you can say like, thank you. Like, this is for you. Um, and all for, all for the fans as well. Um, a lot of them couldn't be there because it was in Perth, but yeah. them sticking with us. Um, and then they get a bit of reward as well. So that MCG moment would have been pretty special, especially especially with amazing. you probably thought, oh, how am I going to get like maybe ten thousand? I don't know. Like we'll just put it on and, and we'll see how many rock up. And what was the actual number in the end? Uh, there was sixty one. Oh, that is ridiculous. Do you 61. know about this? You, you know about what they had? They had well, just basically a day where all you the fans come, yeah. just come to MCG and we'll do our lap of honor with yeah. the trophy, and to have. 61,000, like oh, you said. That, oh, no, 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 Sorry, I thought you meant for the grand final. Sorry, yeah. 61,000 the grand final. I think there was like – More. No, no, no. Not, there was probably like 30,000. Yeah, okay. I still. that, yeah. 30,000. It was basically the members' wing of the MCG was just packed. Like it was wow. – It meant so it much so to the club. Cooked. And just oh. people – and obviously like Neil Danaher and, and – Yeah, to have all the club legends there was – It's pretty special. Yeah, definitely. Like it was – it was pretty cool to be a part of that. And it's definitely something like you see all those guys and some of them haven't had the chance to play it or win in one. It's just like it's for them almost. Like you, um, someone like Nathan Jones, who is a massive influence on my career, his mindset, no matter where he was playing, was incredible the way he went about it. And then for the club to have success right at the end there was, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. What can you really say? You know, like it's holy grail. It's the, thing, it's the thing you grow up playing AFL Live 2006 and <laughs> yeah. do the campaigns, winning with your team and holding Dennis Cometti. Yeah, Dennis Cometti calling it. and But, like, it's it's, it's surreal. It's sur- it's a surreal thing I can only imagine. What moment do you feel like in that highlight when you were like, yeah, we've won it? Um, Luke Jackson. Uh, dogger. Nah, I, it's sort of – it's a bit hard to put a specific moment on it. Because, I like, that game was one of the best games ever, albeit, like, Obviously, great. You won and destroyed in the end, and won by what eighty points? Seventy four. Oh shit! I forgot. Don't you remember? I keep forgetting how much it because it was it, it was, was so close. It was it so was, close. I remember when yeah. Bond kicked that goal in the third. I yeah. thought, oh, they're on here. I, I had the I, box seat for that kick, and yeah. I was like, oh no. no. I remember going, oh, they're gonna like bullies are gonna run over the top here. I remember going like, yep, yeah, they're coming. But then, what well, was that? A three quarter time. That we, so we went into half time or well, quarter time. We're up by about. 20 points or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we went into halftime down. Yeah. yeah. Three and quarter I, time. What was like. And we were up at three quarter time. By like five or, goals. By, no, it was like 19 points or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It wasn't even that close. It was, it was pretty, still pretty close. Can you, can you remember what Goody said at three quarter time? Yeah. What was his, what was oh. his last pump up for the year? He's, he, he potentially could lose a grand final. And it's a tough because ni- 19 points is not enough to, to nah. be like, Hey, we got and this. I think, and I think that's what he was saying. It was like, You've put yourself in a good spot here, but you can't just expect it to happen again um, for another quarter. Like you can't just expect just to roll out and yeah, it's going to be okay. They're going to go give up. Way. Yeah, they're going to roll over. No, that's not going to happen. But seems like your fitness really paid dividends. Obviously, having Burgess as your strength and conditioning coach, it seems like every single game that you guys dominated or won was because you could just play out the last quarter really well. Yeah, I think that that we were really fit. Um, from a couple of years of, of Darren's, Darren's work as a high performance manager. He really put us through our paces. I remember that first year he came, it was, it was the hardest preseason I've done. Um, that's for sure. It was, oh, it was, it was cool how much running we were doing, but 
you look back on it and it's obviously been for the better, but I think the way that we play is pretty efficient when everyone's doing it correctly. Like when you're doing everything right and all the moving parts are in sync, it becomes the game becomes a lot easier for everyone. And then you got your crowd and the spirit of your teammates and that gives you so much energy. For me is also like with with the D's and, and you guys, it's how amazingly you guys respond. It's like a, someone will kick a goal against you. Next minute, Petrarca gets it out the middle. You get out the middle. They put it on themselves. All right, we've got to get the next goal. 30-second goal. Like yeah. I, I think that's so special and such a good sign of a team of how you – it's very easy to put your head down and be like, oh, fuck, they just kicked a goal against us. But your ability to bounce back and score goals right away is, is, is incredible. And that's – I think that's a testament to the players um, like Christian. He does a lot of stuff around his mindfulness and resetting. And I've sort of joined that space as well a little bit now as well. And Goody talks about it a lot as well. Um, about resetting there's nothing you can do about what's just happened just all there is is the next one um, so I think that's helped us a little bit but um, obviously those guys are really talented yeah well, so <laughs> it helps that definitely helps yeah has there been one pl- active player that's playing right now that's almost a bit of a mentor for you that quite takes you under his wing or just you work a lot with one-on-one I'd say yeah Christian's been a massive help to me and and uh, Jack Viney as well um, Jack Viney's who I used to want to be yeah, that was who I modelled my uh, I modelled my whole game on Jack Viney. He's, uh, <laughs> those two boys, I reckon. I mean, the well, whole sorry, midfield, that whole midfield, like the whole midfield group is like you don't get a walk into a club and that's the midfield and you can learn so much from yeah, those guys. Just like, the cherry on top. You got Max Gorn is just tapping yeah, it down exactly. the throat of whoever they want. He's like he like Magic Johnson. He's just like, where do you want it? I'll give it to you. It's pretty cool to work with those those sort of guys. They teach you so much, but it's also on the young fellas to give a bit of energy as well. So yeah, they can can teach you everything that you that you want to know. Seems, seems like you got the perfect balance when, yeah. you've got, when you've got Luke and Cozzy and then you've got experienced people like um, Angus Brayshaw. Oh, sorry, Angus, no. Is it Angus Brayshaw? Yeah. Have I got that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's too no, many Brayshaws. I, I get confused between the three. And then you've got a mix of youth and, and, and knowledge. It sort of blends into one, like you said, of, of just a talented team. Yeah. And then it, just Tom Langdon running on the wing, just doing whatever he wants to do. Ed Langdon on the wing. Oh, shit. One second. <laughs> nice, Dan. I really know my AFL players. Too many brothers uh, yeah. we're talking about. Sorry, Ed. Sorry. Ed. Um, there's a really high-functioning group. Um, they get along. Everyone gets along really well. Yeah. Um, obviously, all clubs have their ups and downs. And when we're going, where those those boys, especially Jack, Christian, Clayton, Max in the middle, it's pretty hard to go past them as a as an on ball group. So just get everyone fit and firing and all in sync, and everything works better when you're working together. That's oh, it seems pretty obvious, but it really matters that everyone's on the same page as well. Tommy, how do you feel? Triple H, all done. Yeah, it feels good. feels good to tell those people how I feel, mum and dad, um, and just talk about these hardships and, you know, cap it off with a yeah. cherry on top there and, you know, really those moments that made me feel so so happy and, and just remember how grateful I am. Um, all the things along the way that have that have shaped me to, to get to this point. So uh, thank you guys for uh, opening up and making me feel really comfortable in this space. Uh, I've uh, Really enjoyed it. On behalf of me, I'm sure Jed will finish off with a big speech for you. But I just want to say <laughs> thank you. It was the first time that I got to meet you today, Tom. And and one of the coolest things about doing a podcast is is being able to meet new people and and then become friends with them afterwards. And um, yeah, I've I've loved watching your footy career and the things that you're doing. And obviously, Adelaide is Adelaide, and everyone knows one another. And I've got lots of mates who are friends with you as well, and and they rave about you as a footballer and even more as a person. And it's uh, it makes sense why a lot of people talk so highly of you as a person and it's been I'm blessed to be able to now call you a mate. So I'm really proud of you. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Gosh, I, I feel like I've done enough talking today, but Tommy, I <laughs> I um I love you so much, mate. And I just yeah. I just really needed you to know how much you meant to me and how much it meant for me to have you on my podcast, you know, drive to Melbourne and I just knew I had to speak to you. I was a little bit anxious about it, I was a bit nervous to do it, but I sent a few messages and kind of Got it. I just, yeah. And this is a message to everybody, not just you, but you know, I guess it's a good note to kind of end on. But like, just don't ever forget the impact you can have on somebody. You don't even know how much you might mean to somebody because I kid you not, sometimes it's just, it can be your best mates, can be your heroes and your biggest role models. And I just, yeah, love you to bits, mate. Thanks, mate. I love you too. Gosh, I think that wraps us up for a Jed Wolford personal <laughs> cry session and a beautiful episode of the Triple H, full circle. Tommy Sparrow, any last words? Not a whole heap from my end, mate. Just uh, if you've got anything to say to someone, just say it. Give them a call, send them a message. I'm sure they'll be happy to hear you out. So 
Uh, don't let it linger. Just get it out there. Don't let it linger. Just get it out there. You heard it here first, everyone. Thank you and ciao for now. Thanks for listening to the Triple H Podcast. Like and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music to stay up to date with episodes and follow us at the Triple H Podcast on Instagram. If you wish to get in touch with us, send an email at the Triple H Podcast at gmail.com. Special thank you to Prizefight for providing the theme, his song, Vulnerable. And thank you to Uncle Michael O'Brien for our show's Welcome to Country.